everybody. Welcome to another bonus interview episode of Props and Hops, powered by Dimers.com. I'm Matt Landis, and I know the props have outshadowed the hops during the football season, but this episode starts to balance the scales. That's because I'm sharing a conversation I recently had with Craig Bowers and Samuel Chawinga. And Craig and Sam are the founders of South Los Angeles Beverage Company, a craft beverage incubator, production and packaging facility scheduled to open in South Central Los Angeles this fall. Naturally, beer is among several craft beverages they'll be producing, and to differentiate the hoppy offerings from other parts of South Los Angeles Beverage Company, the beer brand is called People's Republic of South Central, and you'll hear us refer to that at times as PRSC. So in just a few days, if you're listening on or around January 12th when this episode's released, during the upcoming MLK weekend, PRSC is going to be providing a glimpse of what's to come. They're releasing a West Coast IPA called Catalyst, and... All proceeds from Catalyst sales are going to go back into the local community to provide Chromebooks for families in need during the time of remote learning. This is just one of many ways that PRSC is plugged into the community, and it was great to connect with Craig and Sam and hear them elaborate on their mission, their backgrounds in business and beer, and how it all comes together. And I think the biggest thing might be that Craig and Sam are simply a blast to be around, and I'm confident their passion and energy is going to extend to the listening experience. So with that in mind, I'm excited to bring you the two-man team with something special brewing at People's Republic of South Central. Craig and Sam, thanks so much for taking time to connect today. I'm excited to dive into the special project you two have brewing. First up, thought it would be appropriate to start with a quintessential beer podcast question. What are you guys drinking right now? And to give listeners a chance to match a a name to a voice, let's start with Craig and then bounce it over to Sam. Sure. So I'm drinking uh, our debut beer. Uh, So this came out in September. I've got a couple of cans that I Hideaway for special occasions. So this is definitely a special occasion. This is Legacy. Um, this is a hazy IPA. Uh, love it. Um, and that's what I'm drinking today. Nice. How about you, Sam? Yep. Uh, I am drinking, uh, Boomtown Breathe double hazy IPA. Uh, it was our last art series release about, uh, three weeks ago. And, um, there's about two cases left, and by the time this airs, there'll be none, and so I had to sneak me a four-pack because it was tasty. Nice, and quick question for both of you. With the hazy IPA style, I know they tend to be a little bit sensitive when it comes to shelf life. Um, I had a chance to pick up Legacy. I believe that was back in September, and it was fantastic, but now that we're in January, how's that one drinking? And then same with Breathe. I know it's a little bit fresher, but how's that one holding up these days as well? They both felt, uh, hold up well. You know, we don't we don't do a... Hardcore New England style where there's as, as much hot matter in the final beer. So our, our beer is a little balanced off the start and then also they just tend to, um, age a little better. So really our, our hazies taste best in like week three. So they're holding up well. And then, uh, the breathe just happened to be a good batch. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. I was fortunate to try some recently. And then uh, just to round things out, I am just about to crack the Wild Card Weekend Show Beer for Props and Hops, Bad Ombre, Mexican-style lager. Let's see if I can get this right from a sound standpoint. All right, yeah. So this one's crushable. That was pretty good. Um, That was good. 
I think it sounds, it, it might have looked a little sloppy. I spilled a little bit on my desk, but this is, you know, this is an effervescent beer. It's it's a crusher. Sam, I, uh, spoiler alert for the listeners, Sam brewed this one. We'll get into your role a little bit at Boomtown. Um, this is that classic lawnmower beer, or in the case of a weekend of wall-to-wall football, some day drinking for people out on the West Coast, 4.8% ABV, really clean and refreshing, uh, a touch of spice, a little bit of floral notes, but otherwise kind of by design, there's not too much else. It's just really clean and crushable. So cheers, guys. Yes. Cheers. Boomtown. Uh, oh, the uh, vinyl cans on on camera too. There. Oh, there you go. That sounds good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Bad Ombre is definitely a football beer too. It's 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 you know mowing your lawn beer, but it's definitely football beer. Get up. We on the West Coast have the pleasure of getting up at nine and starting drinking and watching college football until you know the Pac-12 ends at. Uh, 9pm you know, 10, <laughs> 9, 10pm and yeah. this is the beer you drink all day so uh, I'm not going to lie if I'm peeking over my shoulder over here it's because the the Rams are up 3-0 right now we're watching the game on on a Saturday uh, yeah 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 so uh, spoiler alert everybody's going to start hearing this early uh, uh, next week leading up to MLK Day but we are uh, taking the time that's how dedicated Sam and Craig mm. are to everything we're about to get into <laughs> Rams and Seahawks in the playoffs right now but we're talking beer well, we're not going to mess up the L.A. trifecta either, right? So we got Lakers, Dodgers, now the Rams need to pull through. Okay. Yeah, and and who knows? As a Chargers fan, I'll just say now that there's a chance they get a competent head coach and Justin Herbert ah. in his second year, uh. maybe they can uh, take it up a notch on their end as well. Might be wishful thinking, but there's a chance. Also, just to be clear, I am a L.A. resident now. I'm an Angelino, but I am a Raider fan. But pick up the Dodgers this year. R.I.P. Lasorda, rough year for the Dodgers, good year for the Dodgers. Man, L.A., two championships, respect due. Yeah, um, one quick note, then we'll move on with you guys and PRSC, but when you touch on the Dodgers, it was so coincidental. The last interview episode I released was with Fred Clare, who was the GM of the 88 championship team, and he touched on a reconciliation with Tommy after a couple of rocky decades uh, once Fred kind of had a messy public breakup from the team in 98. There was about 20 years where they just weren't on good terms, and and they made up and had a great final three-plus years of their friendship. Um, so crazy that that episode dropped a couple of days before Tommy's passing, and Fred's just, you know, I, I think it's so wonderful to get his perspective on on the fact that it's never too late to make amends. So I, we're going to talk beer and, and sports, but really just from a, you know, setting the perspective, um, just being around good people and having good conversations has maybe as much value as anything else we can provide on this podcast. Yeah, man. Respect to. Yeah. Not only is it never too late, life's too short. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they didn't speak for decades. And then once they made amends, you know, look, look how much time they had lost in the interim. Yeah. Life's too short. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, well, let's let's bring a little urgency to this conversation. Keep it rolling along. Um, one more quintessential <laughs> beer podcast question. I think it'd be appropriate here. How did the two of you get into beer? Uh, I've been drinking beer since I was about twelve. I like beer. I grew up in Modesto, California. I'm from Africa. I moved to to California at six. And I moved to Modesto, California, which is the home of Gallo. My best friend's mom worked for Gallo. They had beer and wine coolers and wine in the house. And I've liked beer from a little age. But my brother used to work for Gallo Winery. I've uh, been home brewing since I was 17. And uh, 
got away from home brewing for a while and then, uh, but always drank craft beer. Uh, Northern California was heavy and rich in history and, um, that's how I got into it. Nice. I appreciate the candor. It seems like every oh. beer podcast, they say oh. they drank for the first time on their 21st birthday, but I mean, statistically, oh. how many people start drinking on that exact day? So keeping it real. Yeah. 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 So Craig, uh, how about you? How'd you get into beer? Uh, so I have a much broader alcohol profile. Um, but I, I mean, I'll be honest. Um, when Sam, uh, he came down from the Bay area, um, and, uh, was a head beer guy at, uh, Stout, uh, Burgers and Beers. Um, and, and that's when, um, I was kind of introduced, like Stout's whole format is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a burger place, but they've got a ton of taps. And I just remember going to the counter and sitting and talking to Sam, you know, shooting, you know, shooting the shit and, uh, you know, him introducing me to, you know, all kinds of styles, um, that I was never really, you know, formally introduced to. Um, and then as Sam began his journey, um, which ultimately has culminated in Boomtown here in Los Angeles, um, I've been tangentially along on that journey as well. And so, uh, just picked up a lot of knowledge, uh, from there to here. Nice. And, uh, yeah, both of you have come quite a ways in that journey. And, and Sam, circling back on one thing we touched on briefly earlier, um, could you describe your current role with Boomtown and kind of your brewing progression up to that point? Yeah. Um, I was in the Bay Area, moved to Portland and brewed in Portland for two and a half years at three different spots and volunteered and just learned everything about beer. And I was going to move to Africa to open a brewery. I ended up moving to Los Angeles and opening it with uh, my partner. So I'm a founder, head brewer of uh, Boomtown. So Boomtown, when I moved to Los Angeles, was when the Great Recession hit. It took like four years to get going. And then now we're up and going and we're rocking and uh I'm pushing on with this new project, uh, passion project. Um, I've always been into, you know, I was a sociology major, education minor, and the social equity, uh, aspect, the whole, the whole business is what I want for myself. And that's, that goes back to legacy. I got three kids of my own here going to school and I'm just passionate about what I do and I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll dive into it. I think a, a good question to, get the ball rolling with it, what you guys are up to with PRSC and the South Los Angeles Beverage Company is just a quick background on how the two of you crossed paths in the first place. Uh, when and where did you meet and how has this come together since then? Yeah, so Sam and I met in the fall of 1992. Uh, <laughs> when we were uh, freshmen at uh, UC Berkeley. Uh, so we've known each other. Uh, I was 17 at the time. I can't say how old Sam was, but I, I know I was 17. I'm 47, so I was 18. Yes. So, um, you know, that's that's how long uh, Sam and I have known each other. So. Wow. So you have quite a long friendship, but it sounds like the notion to start your own business venture together is relatively new. So how did that come together? When and how did you guys decide to get this venture off the ground? Well, I'm going to give you my own personal stake in this journey. So um, for 15 years here in Los Angeles, uh, I've been in the uh, events and nightlife space. Um, so I run a, a popular 
um, African American leaning event uh, called Kiss and Grind, uh, where hip hop R and B kind of old school. Uh, we were a whole episode on uh, HBO's Insecure season two takes place at Kiss and Grind, and you know one of the things that nightlife people always talk to each other is like if you've been in nightlife long time and you don't eventually own your own space, you were kind of a sucker. You know what I mean? Because you made a lot of money for other people and not that kind of money for yourself. So for me personally, it was more like, what's my next chapter, right? And coincidentally, at the same time that I was asking myself that question, Boomtown was coming to into existence. And so, you know, I know Sam, I know some of his other partners at Boomtown. And so I, I feel like I had a, like a ground floor you know, viewpoint on what was going on there and, and, you know, everything from the start. And so, you know, I, I, I caught the, you know, I, I caught the bug. And, and so I was like, um, you know, so ultimately that culminated in, um, I didn't want to make another boom town. I was just like, you know, if, if, you know, if Sam and I work together on something in the crap beverage space, like what would that be? You know what I mean? What would it look like? What would make it different? What would make it unique? You know what I mean? All of those questions came about. And I think South Los Angeles Beverage Company is ultimately the answer to that question. It's a, it's been a four years of, of question and answers, but you know, we're now like moving down that road and, and, um, I'm, I'm very happy where we are. Cool. And then Sam, from your perspective, any, any thoughts on what's kind of led you to it at this moment? Uh, Craig has always been interested for a long time. I just looked at some notes of mine that from a meeting we had, and it was three and a half years ago about this project. And I had another project I was trying to get done in front of it, and it fell through, and this is where we came. And I told him that, you know, I can only do this a certain amount of time and when I focus my stuff on. And But the project in general that I've been working on is folded into uh into, into also what Craig wants to get done with this on the social equity standpoint, which is great for me and everything involved in it. So we folded these two plans together and uh, we're banging it out. And it's, yeah. And it's not, it's not just beer. It's, you know, it's much more than that. It's wine. It's uh, cider, seltzer, uh, mead. So we've got a bunch of different projects we're working on. Incubator uh, capacity too. So, you know, I don't know how, how far you want to get in that, but all that interests me and learn new things is what really interests me. So like, I love learning. And so I got to keep pushing on forward to learn new stuff, which is a requisite for me to do anything, you know? Yeah. Cool. And one thing that I'm noticing here, it's, we've talked about PRSC a little bit, and then there's also South Los Angeles beverage company. Could the two of you differentiate the two a little bit or explain what each one is and how PRSC and South Los Angeles Beverage Company relate to one another? Yeah, so South Los Angeles Beverage Company is our parents' company, you know, um, and then PRSC, which stands for the People's Republic of South Central. So we haven't articulated what that is yet. So uh, South Los Angeles Beverage Company is located in South Central Los Angeles. Both of my parents were born and raised in South Central Los Angeles. Um, and for me personally, um, South Los Angeles and South Central in particular has always been the working class heartbeat of Los Angeles, no matter who lives there, you know, uh, South Central is now 70% Latino, but you know, that working class element of what South Central is, 
I think is always going to be the through line of, of, of South Central. And so PRSC is our core beer brand uh, for South Los Angeles Brewing Company. And we're, like as Sam just mentioned, we're very excited to introduce um, some other brands in the space, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, um, because we're crafting a facility that is, you know, that's going to be able to uh, be very multi-purpose for us in in the overall craft services. Cool. Yeah. And one thing I think could be interesting here, you talked about the wide variety of offerings. This sounds like South Los Angeles Beverage Company. When it's open up and running, um, there could be something for everyone. So what's your vision for what the experience looks like for people of all backgrounds and different walks of life come to the same central place? Like what do you envision from the standpoint of, you know, the different drinks available? What might the beer board look like? What's the space going to look like? How do you want that, you know, kind of 360 look at the customer experience to work out once um, you know, your physical location is up and running and, and it becomes a reality. Yeah. So this is, you know, from my perspective, this is a massive space. Um, so, uh, there's an existing, uh, 13,000 square foot building there. That's where the majority of our production and packaging facilities are going to be located. Um, but overall it's a 24,000 square foot space. Um, that's really going to give us a lot of, I'd say, flexibility and freedom. Um, and so when we talk about multiple beverages, uh, so we're doing beer. Uh, we're definitely doing hard cider. Uh, in a non-alcoholic space, we're going to be really delving into the specialty coffee space. Uh, there's going to be an on-site coffee roastery. There's going to be an on-site coffee shop. Um, and then there's going to be uh, multiple food options. So just consider us more like an outdoor food court. Uh, we're going to have an outdoor performance stage. Uh, we have multi-levels of outdoor space. So people can not only uh, be outside on the ground floor, we'll also have some second story outdoor space, uh, as well as a traditional indoor tap room, uh, which has a tremendous view into our production and packaging space. Um, so we're just really excited, you know, and that, that's the, you know, the technical description of what it is, but the reality is people are going to be coming to South Central Los Angeles. And as much as you've been to a brewery before, what it's really about for us is I want to indoctrinate you into the community that I knew as a kid growing up in Los Angeles that my parents knew as children growing up in Los Angeles, right? And as a still resident of Los Angeles, right? So South Los Angeles, particularly South Central, is a brand. And um, a lot of people have conceptions um, about what that brand does or does not mean. Um, but when you come to our facility, you are going to meet and coexist uh, with people from the area uh, at a minimum, 75% of our employees are going to be from the immediate local area. Um, you know, this is not a venture of displacement, of gentrification, you know, none of that. We, we proudly wear, um, you know, our, our, on our name, on our badge, you know, we, we are South Los Angeles. And I hope that's what people understand. Like, this is a very unique part of Los Angeles. And I hope that people come here and, and, um, you know, get a, get a good taste of that. Yeah, and I'd love to dig into that a little bit because you talk about 
hiring the majority of the staff being from the immediate area and being intentional about laying down your roots in South Central Los Angeles. I know, at least from the craft beer scene, it tends to be, and, and Craig and Sam, I'm sure you have probably said this many times, very homogeneous, uh, you know, white, male, probably quite a bit more upscale than um, a lot of other um, interests people have. So what does it mean to that end to bring more diversity and accessibility to not just the craft beer scene, but the, the craft beverage scene and this experience you're building in South Central? Well, I think that accessibility is the main thing. Uh, um, you know, availability is accessibility. And so part of what we're doing is we're opening up in South Central. And then uh, another part of that is our satellite tap room is going to be open all over the city. So that's including uh, South Central, Compton, Long Beach, and including, you know, West L.A. So we'll, we'll branch out everywhere. But this is about accessibility, really, and affordability. So um, uh, that that that's a major part of uh spreading interest into any any aspect of life that you want diversity into people need to be exposed to it and then it takes uh exposure and a, a lot of young people exposure and then time to integrate itself into that sh- into that aspect of it so it's, the main thing for us is exposure that's why we are opening in south central um we're hiring from south central uh we'll be opening satellites tap rooms and when you talk about um what's the board going to look like you know at the home base we're going to be a third loggers two-thirds ales a lot of rotating taps you know um probably six to eight different uh ciders on tap we're also going to be doing mead uh wine blending so sparkling white wines so we're developing a wine blending program there too so there's going to be a lot of uh, things for everybody to taste, and it's going to be a, a meeting center for people. And this is what the tap room is all about. It's just a meeting center for people, you know, and it's going to be for the people of LA, and it's all people of LA. You just got to drive to South Central. Yeah, and and I love that. I'm sure people are craving that experience so much, especially after the past 10 months or so. Um, and to that point, what's the timing looking like to have this up and running, and how has that maybe been affected by doing what you guys are doing um, in the face of uh, – once in a lifetime pandemic. <laughs> uh, great question. So it's looking uh, like we'll be open at the top of the fall of 2021. Uh, we've had a tremendous amount of difficulties. Um, and I don't want to make it seem like we're having the difficulties. I mean, everyone has had to adjust in a pandemic. Um, the city um, has had to do it all of their departments in terms of building and safety, planning, you know, all of these departments have had to adjust. Um, so, you know, as much as I would like to say that I'm, you know, have been personally affected by um, this pandemic, you know, everyone has had to adjust. And so, you know, we're out there trying to make this happen. Some days we have really good news. Other days we have really bad news. Um, you know, so that's just where we're at at this point. I, I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll be open in the early fall of, of 2021, but you know, uh, stuff happens. Let's just put it that way. So we, we, we shall see. We'll be brewing in fall of 2021. We're good. Yeah. And is there, I, it's comforting for me as a beer drinker to hear that. Um, is there then the possibility of um, brewing without the location open yet, but maybe doing more releases like the the couple you've done so far? Because I know the 
the saying goes, whenever you have a, a timeline or a budget, you can double, if not triple, both of them. Uh, that might apply to the outset. <laughs> you guys are getting closer to the finish line, but brewing in the fall, is there the possibility of whatever might happen? Who's to say what's going to happen in the coming months? This is something that we can probably count on seeing as more beer coming out of the PRSC brand. Well, what, what I will say is, regardless of that facility, PRSC is going to be putting out beers until we open our doors, right? And then those beers will come from our facility, right? So we've released one beer that you, you know, reference and what I'm drinking here, Legacy. Uh, we have a brand new beer, Catalyst, which is a West Coast IPA, and that's coming out Martin Luther King weekend um, here in Los Angeles. On our calendar, we have two more beers coming after that. Um, and then we we're supposed to pivot into uh, beers brewed um, on our own site. Uh, if that, you know, calendar gets elongated, you know, we're we're not going to stop making beer. Um, it's just really a difference of where that beer is actually, you know, made, you know, in the interim. Um, but what we didn't talk about is, you know, starting from Legacy, coming through with Catalyst, going through for the next two beers that we have is that, a hundred percent of the net proceeds from these beers are going towards buying Chromebooks for children in South Los Angeles that um, do not have computers at home. Um, and so regardless of all of this, Sam and I, like our brewery was never going to open until 2021, second half of 21. Let's just put it that way. Um, and I approached Sam and I said, look, you know, it's COVID. You know, I'm at home, you know, you're still at the brewery doing your thing, but there's just a tremendous amount of need in South Los Angeles right now. And what can we do, like, in the present, not when we open our doors, not when all of our, you know, not when we're fully funded, you know, all of that stuff. Like, what can we do right now in order to make just a small bit of difference in the community in which we ultimately want to be um, a part of that fabric. And that's what, that's why we're making beer right now. You know, like if we had our druthers, we probably only start making beer when we, you know, when our facility is, is ready to go. But I think, you know, Sam had to compromise a little bit. And, um, but ultimately I think this is for the greater good. And, you know, I'm just super excited about the beers that we've made thus far. And I'm really excited about what's going to happen, you know, going forward for this in, in, in the intro. And, and we have a few collaborations that are just finalizing. And all those collaborations will go to, towards the same goal as all Chromebook profits. So we're, we're grinding some beers out. We're going to do some stuff before we open it up. Uh, but 100% of anything that we uh, make on that goes towards Chromebooks. Yeah, and I'd love to um, dig in a little bit deeper to the cause here because um, people have a chance soon to get Catalyst. We'll talk about that. But also you've mentioned the Chromebooks. And it sounds like even with the people who will work for South Los Angeles Beverage Company, there's a lot invested in not just making it a minimum wage job, but really giving people the tools to you know, turn this into a career. And I, I love that mission. And I would appreciate if either of you could speak to how you see that unfolding once you're up and running. How is this going to be different than, you know, maybe the the typical brewery experience where somebody's behind the bar or, um, you know, if they're um, just working in the cellar, kind of doing a lot of the grunt work. How do you foresee a lot of the employees that you're going to have 
turning these roles into, you know, bigger picture opportunities and, and really unlocking their career potential out of this. So let's be honest, Matt, there's um, a tremendous amount of conversations that was happening before COVID. Um, and those conversations have continued through COVID about diversity and craft beer. Um, and honestly, I don't really have much to say about that because I've always been, uh, my personal philosophy is, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world, right? If I've gone into these craft beer spaces and I haven't seen, uh, things that I would like to see in terms of, um, who patronizes these establishments, who works in these establishments, PRSC, South Los Angeles Brewing Company is a manifestation of that. You know what I mean? Like, like we're, we're basically saying like, this is the change. Um, so I didn't see a lot of those things outside of Boomtown. Um, and so I was saying, you know, that, that was one of the fundamental premises of, of me and Sam linking up is to basically say, what would that look like? Right. And, and for me, it's like we're answering the future in 2045. America is going to be a minority majority country. Um, and so what does craft beer look like in 2045? Right. Does it exist or is it just seltzer? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we, we love these traditions. I mean, Sam can, you know, speak to that, but you know, for me personally, it's just more like, um, I think when you come to PRSC, you're going to experience something that you just haven't really seen at 95% of the other craft breweries that are out there. And that's not because we're doing something extra. It's just more because we're doing something that's in our own lane. And I'm looking forward to people experiencing that and basically being like, wow, I went to South Central. I went to this place, you know, and the people the flavor profiles, the employees, the people in the brew house, like everyone was just coming from a dramatically different point of view. And I think that's what craft beer needs. It just needs a broader set of point of views. That's not pointing fingers at people. It's just basically saying like, can we broaden the point of view in craft beer specifically and craft beverages overall? And that's really what South Los Angeles Beverage Company is about. We're also uh, getting our certified B Corp, uh, Bendy Corp, uh, certification. So for us, like living wages, or for me, especially in production, living wages is a huge thing. Uh, you're talking Los Angeles and producing that beer for the people of Los Angeles. Where is your skilled beer labor coming from? So for me, I want to hire people and keep them there and make sure I take care of them, make sure they respect the company and know I respect them and give people pride in where they work at. So that's a huge part of us just not only, op, you know, operating on a minimum of 75% of people from the local community, but giving them uh, pride in their jobs and enough money to uh, to prosper and push their kids forward, you know. It, the COVID's so hard down there because the per living square person and per household is so high because no one can afford to live in one household per person. So these are major issues that um, we, we were seeking to address before this, but this is showing the effects, this, this whole pandemic situation is showing the effect of, of the uh, inequalities in income and the expense of living in, in LA, you know, I love living here and, and so does everybody else. And there's a great opportunity here, but we need to make it available for everybody. So um, 
that's a, a big part of it too is the Benny Corp. It's not just 75 percent. It's also living wages and taking care of the environment and making sure this is uh, push, you know, pushable forward. Yeah, and I love that mission. I'm, I'm so excited to see how this unfolds when you guys can open your doors. And I know that the the best mission in the world still needs, you know, good beer, a good product to amplify it and really blow it out of the water as much as possible. So transitioning to that in a sense, um, we've talked about Catalyst, an, out, an upcoming release from PRSC. Can you describe what this beer is like and what people can expect with the Catalyst drinking experience? Yeah, I'll speak on that since, uh, since it's my beer. Um, 100% Pilsner, or I'm sorry, Pilsner, Oat Malt, uh, Little Cara Foam, um, and it's 55, 60 IBUs, and it, we used some fresh uh, Amarillo uh, Hop Hash and Hop uh, T90s Amarillo and T90s Citra, uh did a couple 20 minute editions and uh zero and a 180 and then did some double dry hopping on it. Should be heavy in uh citrus grapefruit. Um classic dank you know weed smell uh West Coast Alley. Old school. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. And I, I think uh, some of the tasting notes you gave at the end are, are going to sound very appealing to a lot of people. A yeah, lot of the description yeah. you gave earlier, um, I, I love the detail. And so people can get a, a sense of this when you talk about the, you know, the malt base or the, the hash and the T90 for the hops or a 20 minute edition. Can you explain a little bit more what somebody who's maybe getting into craft beer, um, can, you know, can yeah. gain from that perspective? Yeah. So IPA is a, a hoppy beer and it's, um, as years have pushed by, the West Coast used to be a little more bitter and hoppy, but when people confuse bitter and hoppy, it's not bitter. It's very balanced in its malt sweetness and its uh, flavor from the hops, but very aromatic, uh, very flavorful, and then uh, finishing dry, crisp, and clean. So um, it's a aggressive flavor, but very floral, very mouthy, uh, but finishes nice and clean and crisp. And high in alcohol. <laughs> yeah, what's the ABV on this one? Uh, oh, seven percent single single IPA. Yeah, cool. very, very very drinkable, but you know, uh, for for the people who don't drink uh, IPAs, it's seven percent. So that's much like drinking a, a beer and a half when you drink a beer, something like that. Yeah, and I I do want to just give a shout out to uh, Hollenberries and Sons for the hops. Thank you, Country Mall for the grain. Um, they have bought into what we're doing in Thank the community. You. And, um, just felt, you know, since we're listening ingredients at this point, you know, just wanted to make sure that we shouted them out because their contributions allow us to give more Chromebooks to the kids in, uh, South Los Angeles. So it's most great. definitely. Thank you, Craig. Yeah. So Hollenberry provided all the hops, um, uh, which is going to end up being, you know, probably three, three and a half Chromebooks and, uh, country mall provided a little malt. Our malt base was their Idaho, uh, pure Idaho. It's what I use at Boomtown. It's really nice and crisp and clean and, but robust. And they took care of the malt for us, uh, which is probably going to be another four Chromebooks. So we're super stoked. Thank you for the help. They're on the label. Uh, if you see them at their homebrew shop or whatever, man, good people. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, and speaking of that label, I'll post photos online so people can get a look at the can art here. Uh, the saying goes, you drink with your eyes first. And, oh. and this one definitely stands out. And without, you know, this is not a political podcast by any means, but a lot of red, white, and blue. Uh, I think the name Catalyst is very intentional as well. And safe to assume it's not a coincidence that this is really becoming available to people over the MLK weekend and right before the inauguration. So um, what came into all that and, and how did you guys make those conscious decisions with Catalyst? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the story. So, um, you know, Sam and I were like, we've done legacy in September. What's, what's next, you know? And uh, we came up with Martin Luther King weekend. That's, you know, great. And um, you know, so, I hit up our graphic designer and he gave me some cans with Martin Luther King on the can. And I was just like, these look great, but it's really obvious. Um, and I just felt like we had a bigger story to tell. Um, and so I was really about, uh, so this is after the presidential election before people tried to say that that wasn't true. Um, and I was really about how black women have consistently, uh, been at the forefront of democracy. That's not big D democratic. It's small D democracy. And I was like, who is, who, who embodies that? And for us, it was, uh, Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm. And if people don't know who Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm is, is she was the first black woman elected to the House of Representatives, number one. And number two, Shirley was the first woman, period, to ever run for the Democratic nomination or to be president of the United States. And so for us, that was like, that is the embodiment of this, right? And then fast forward to where we are in 2021, where we're all talking about Stacey Abrams and Kamala Harris and all of these people, the legacy was before that. And so Shirley has a quote, um, which really just jumped out at me and that the sound of the name came about is, I am and will always be a catalyst for change. Um, and that quote is on the side of the can. Shirley's on the side of the can. In fact, Shirley is on the can in a community center in South Los Angeles in 1972, the year that she ran to be president of the United States. So for me, like it all kind of like came together and said, this is a message um, that we really want to put out there. Um, but it's broader. It's not just about Shirley. It's not just about Stacey Abrams. Like I want to bring people's attention to a long lineage of black women that have done stuff on behalf of democracy. Notice I didn't say black people. Notice I didn't say the United States of America. I'm saying democracy in general. These women have done some tremendous things. And so if you go to, uh, at prscbeer.com or IG, we're going to be telling the story of six different African American women, what they've done for democracy, uh, over the next couple of weeks as Catalyst goes out there because I felt like, you know, we make beer. I think we actually make great beer, right? But I also think there's an opportunity, there's a platform here for us to tell, to inform people, right? To broaden, you know, the horizons about what you know. Like, I want you to pick up a beer and basically be like, I didn't know that. I want to learn more about that. And for me, that's what the People's Republic of South Central kind of stands for. 
Yeah. And I think there's such power to what you just said and coupling that with Sam's description of the beer itself. Again, it's, it's a, a really good product that I think a lot of people are going to want. And it's a cause that people can feel very good about supporting. And to that end, how can people get Catalyst? Um, when's it going to be available? If somebody's listening to this um, and, and they want to get their hands on it, um, what, what should they look out for? Well, if you're in SoCal, um, you can uh, pre-order it on our website at prscbeer.com. Oh, sorry, prscbrand.com. Let me, let me, my bad. Sure. I'll include brand. that in the show notes, by the way, for easy reference for anybody. <laughs> just, just tap on it and you'll get to the right place. All of our social is prscbeer. Our website is prscbrand.com. Uh, and that's going to be available for pre-order uh, until midnight on the uh, 15th. And then on the 16th, uh, we're going to invite everyone that's pre-ordered to come and pick up from, up from us in South Los Angeles. And then thereafter, it's going to be available at retail, um, you know, more traditional routes. But the reason we like to do, um, to get people to pre-order and buy from us is that's a much higher margin. And again, we're all net proceeds of this beer go to buying Chromebooks. So the better margin we have, the more Chromebooks we're able to buy and purchase on behalf of students. So again, that's not just us being greedy and selfish. That is literally us saying, if I can protect the margin, then I can buy more Chromebooks um, for uh, the students that are deeply in need uh, in South Los Angeles. So that's the only reason we really reinforce that. And what I will also say is that if you pre-order um, this is our first piece of glassware. Uh, this wasn't available uh, when we launched Legacy. Um, and you get a significant discount on our first glassware uh, when you pre-order um, Catalyst uh, as opposed to buying it uh, thereafter. Great. And for context, with this episode dropping on the 12th, some people will hear this in time to go ahead and pre-order through your site. Others might be listening after that moment. So, if people don't pre-order uh, prior to, I believe you said the 15th, then would it be a matter of looking to find it at retail? Or if, if somebody's listening to this, say on the 17th and they want to grab it, um, what should their game plan be? Yeah, so after the 16th, uh, we're going to be telling everybody where they're able to get it at retail um, as well um, as uh, some of our partners in in this beer. Um, but, you know, right now we're, we're focusing on um, – selling for the 16th, but it will be available throughout the Southland uh, beginning the 17th of, uh, of January. We'll have that on social media. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. Okay, I, yeah. Yeah. I should have said that. So yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it'll be on our website, our website, you yeah. know, we, we basically turn it off and, and tell people where they can go out and, and find it. Cool. And social media, um, I'm assuming Instagram, that seems to be the platform for, for beer among many other things, just PRSC beer on Instagram. Yeah, we're PRC Beer on uh, on Instagram. Perfect. Cool. And I think we'd also be remiss not to touch a little bit more on your first release, Legacy. Again, I, I had the pleasure of picking it up in September at Harold and Bell's, a New Orleans-style restaurant. It's a, it's a what, 51-year-old just institution in institution. South Los Angeles? Big time. Yeah. Um, and I would be curious to get your thoughts on the quality of the beer itself, how you feel about how that turned out, as well as the response that you got from it. Um, the beer turned out great. Uh, I'm not worried about making beer. <laughs> that's not my, that's, that's not a problem that I have right now, I don't think. Uh, but, uh, the beer turned out great. Um, it's always weird, uh, brewing at someone else's brewery, but, uh, 
It was great. Where did you make this one? We we made them both at Eagle Rock. So thank you, Jeremy and Ting over at Eagle Rock. Uh, they are pioneers in the L.A. brew scene, and I just wanted to separate my production from everything else. And they were where I wanted to be at and where I can trust my beer being made at. So I was really thankful for those guys. Um, <clears throat> the new one's coming out great, too. Um, I mean, Ray Beer came out great on the Legacy um, you know, I make I make beer that I like to drink, and my friends like to drink, and that's what we worry about. But uh, yeah, it seems to be working. Yeah, sounds good. I know I've been able to check it in on Untapped as well. So between Rate Beer, Untapped, Beer Advocate, that's a. I'm sorry, Untapped. I'm so old. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm Untapped sorry about is that. the 2021 platform, but no, they're they're I'm all three still, still kicking around. I'm sorry, Untapped. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't get out much, man. I'm in the production a lot, so yeah. Well, excuse my ignorance. For the past ten months, I don't know how much anybody's gotten out. So. <laughs> no, you, no, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I think all's forgiven there. Um, yeah, and one more thing I wanted to be sure to touch on here with what PRSC is doing, not just making beer, but independent yeah. craft beer. What does that mean to you to be an independent company? And I see, uh, Craig, you've got the hat on independence matters. Um, what, what fuels the drive to make sure that this is an independent beer brand? Look, I, I think for me, it's a much broader conversation than I, I think the craft brewers association meant this, right? Um, we exist in a world right now where the median African-American household only has 4% of the wealth of the median white household in the United States of America in 2021. Um, so when I talk about independence, um, for me, um, for I think a lot of the residents in South Central, it's really about how can we create community wealth, right? And when I say wealth, I'm not talking about, um, you know, billions and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is does a rising tide lift all boats? And PRSC is going to attempt to answer that question, right? Um, so we've talked earlier about who we intend to hire. Um, we haven't touched a little bit on, on what we're trying to do in terms of um, creating educational opportunities in the craft beverage space. Um, LA Trade Tech Community College is in our local neighborhood. Uh, so we're trying to do some coursework with them. Uh, we're in some discussions about doing some cool stuff in Exposition Park, uh, which is where the USC Stadium is, which is where the LA Football Club Stadium is, is where the Lucas <laughs> Arts is going in. Um, you know, so, so we, like, it's really interesting from that. It's like, yes, does independence matter? Absolutely. I, I'm, uh, you know, we don't have an exit strategy. The exit strategy is how many people did we help? Right. Um, I, I don't really have an interest in rolling up into some sort of multinational conglomerate. Um, and I get that's where people's delineation is between, you know, independent and, and big beer. But for me, when I wear this hat, uh, I, I'll be honest with you, it's just a much broader interpretation of what independence matters actually means. And uh, if that offended anyone, uh, I apologize. But, the, but the, you know, that's the reality of what I put on this hat. It, it just has a broader meaning 
um, than I think, um, you know, people at the Craft Beer Brewers Association had, you know, although we're proud members of the Craft Brewers Association. So. Yeah, I, I love that because it, I mean, that Craft Brewers Association definition of independence is a bit of a moving target and things change over time. So there's, <laughs> there's no issue with evolving, but I know it can be a very polarizing topic. So having that more profound handle on it means a lot. But Sam, any, any other thoughts on independence? No, but that's good. Um, no, but I will say we, we will be brewing before uh, Clay Helton is fired. I will say that much. <laughs> I don't know if it's safe to get into this. Yeah, I, I'm afraid you're right. I mean, you could probably start brewing in three years and, and beat that timeline. Uh, well, but, no, I'm just saying. Man, <laughs> you're talking about moving targets. I got, I got one set, and I'm sure we'll be brewing before that happens. Yeah, I, I'm afraid he's a bit too steady of a target on the side. Like, uh, like a, a stand-up person. I'm sorry, um, y'all. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm a USC grad, and and mm. Sam uh, and Craig with the Berkeley ties don't mind seeing some incompetent game management on the trophy hey, sidelines from time to time. We need as much help as you can get, man. Come on. Yeah. Although, you know, the Berkeley thing is, like, we put all these superstars in, in, in the NFL, but the teams suck, right? Yeah. The individual players are, like, amazing. So it's, like, this, this really weird thing that we have. Oh, it's, it's not a weird thing. It's called a, a O and D line. It's, just, it's not weird. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm yeah. just trying to be polite. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, the one time I've been to a game at Berkeley, um, I, again, I think USC should have beaten Cal by about 40 and they, they squeaked it out. Um, it was Sam Darnold's second season and, uh, there, it was just way too close for comfort, but I loved that setting up on the hill, um, from parts of the stadium. You can just overlook, you know, the bay and the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. It's a it's a tough setting to beat. So that's that's a great atmosphere and it's gonna be a joy when, you know, fans of all teams in all locations can just get back out there and, and take in these oh, events in person. Goodness. My boys are fiending. Yeah. So um well one thing I wanted to be sure to do is is paint the best picture we can of what people can expect when South Los Angeles Beverage Company opens its doors uh, with PRSC, you know, being the face of the beer that, you know, everybody's going to enjoy there. Is there anything we've missed? If we've touched on everything you want, I, I can cut this out, but want to leave the door open to anything else that you guys would like to add to really paint that picture for what people can expect. I mean, all I would say is that if you come to PRSC or South Los Angeles Brewing Company or whatever we name it, um, that actual destination, like it's a, it's a hang, you know, um, you know, it's funny. It's right here. Uh, that is the brewery location, uh, right there. Uh, that that's downtown LA that over there, that's USC. Um, so we're, we're right in the thick of things. I think people think we're in this far, far off destination, but, uh, we're actually very, very close. And, um, you know, we just want people to come and hang out. Um, and, I think be open to music that you're probably not used to hearing, um, people that you're not used to seeing. Um, and ultimately, right, like that's what beer is, right? But for me, beer is the community, the communal tables, the conversations that happen with people that you might not ordinarily intersect with in your day-to-day life. Right. And so I'm just really super excited to see what that looks like um, in South Central. Um, and, um, you know, I, I'll leave it at that. Sam, I don't know if you have any uh, uh, further insight into that. 
I mean, look, beer is a social lubricant. It's uh, the brewery is a, a meeting place of people, and that's where you come hang out. And you know, we're, we're going to be man, eighty percent outdoors. It's a huge patio. It's all sun. Uh, when the weather's bad, people in LA don't go out. If you do, we got places inside too. It's just small, and if you want to come out, come out. It's all right. I know, like, uh, no one, everyone's made of powdered sugar and they melt when it rains, but it's all right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've seen, uh, you've seen, uh, maybe, uh, crowds with a little more, uh, ability to put up with rough weather up farther north, both in the Bay Area and in Oregon. But yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're recording this, that's we're recording this in mid-January. Yeah. It's, it's about 75 degrees and, right. and I was just pissed off for my run this morning because there might have been like a seven mile per hour wind <laughs> and, and that was just, that was devastating. No, it's, it's all good. I think, uh, year round, it's going to be a good destination outside most of the time. And if not, it sounds like you got the right setup for and any please, of Please, please don't let it sound like I'm talking shit about LA because respect LA. I love living here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one quick note before we move on to a few, uh, rapid fire questions to wrap things up. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple podcast or, or anywhere where it's just audio, I'll be dropping a link in the show notes to see this interview on YouTube as well. We've mentioned um, the independence matters that Craig is wearing the PRSE glassware uh, Craig's background on this zoom video has the location that you can check out. He just referenced that. So check this out on YouTube. If you want to put the visual reference to any of that, but um Otherwise, I think we're probably in a good spot to move on to a few rapid fire questions to let people get to know Craig and Sam a little better. First one, I would say putting the hops in props and hops. Uh, what's your favorite hop? Um, Amarillo. Ooh, that's an interesting one. How come? When I first started brewing professionally, it was an experimental hop and, uh, when you get it right from the virtual farms and it's, just right it's just right it's the grapefruit rind and i'm a grapefruit guy so i don't drink much liquor but when i do it's usually like a, a greyhound so i'm a grapefruit guy i like that rindy uh but citra is close behind yeah got it yeah i yeah. love that you didn't necessarily go with the citra mosaic galaxy those are the really sexy hops right now and, and i will i will do anything for citra but i appreciate your description <laughs> because um, when you say grapefruit, I, I think citra right off the bat, but I think you differentiated well with Amarillo having more of that rind versus citra just being a little juicier, perhaps. It's, yeah, it's also more weedy. I like to smoke weed, so it's like it's a little more weedy. Yeah, like How about pot, you, mar- pot marijuana weed. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be basic, and uh, citra is 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 always my favorite. Yeah. The same here. Can't get wrong with it. Um, cool. All right. Well, then let's move on to um, another rapid fire beer question. Excluding any business ties, apologies to Boomtown. What would each of you say is your favorite brewery? Um, Cloudburst. All right. They're in the UK, correct? Seattle. It's still oh, I'm bre- thinking Cloudwater. Shame on me. All right. Let's hear about Cloudburst. It's the old head brewer from, um, What's the brewery that sold to Budweiser up there? Um, there have been quite a few. Yeah. Cloudburst. They're great. All one-offs. Great beer. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with um, uh, Temescal Brewing up in Oakland. Um, first of all, I love those guys. 
uh, and gals. Uh, the head brewer is a woman. Um, but it's funny, you know, Sam and I went to Berkeley, which is in the East Bay. And um, I just really had like an aha moment when I was sitting in there by the MacArthur Bar Station at Temescal on their patio on a Friday afternoon. You get what I'm saying? Like there's certain places where you just kind of have like these aha moments. And I've had a lot of aha moments in breweries. You know, most of them were um, alcohol enabled. Um, but, but, <laughs> but, you know, that, that was one. And, and um, you know, I really love Sam uh, and his team up there. Um, they've shown us a great deal of love. Um, and then I also want to show love to Urban Roots uh, up in Sacramento. Um, they're blowing up it, right now. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, and look, this has been a hard time for craft beer. Uh, it's been a hard time for a lot of businesses beyond craft beer. And, um, what I, what I've enjoyed seeing is people who have gone out of their way to help support, um, these businesses. Right. Because I feel like that means that they mean a lot more than just a product that they manufacture. Right. Or the space that they occupy. They really have, um, a place in people's you know, existence. And so um, I've really seen that manifested for uh, Temescal and um, Urban Roots. And so um, those, those are some of, some of my favorites and they're both, you know, California based, actually Northern California based, but um, I have a lot more favorites, but those, those are the ones that came to mind when you asked the question. Cool. Yeah. And to that end, I, one of my favorites, not California based, but other half has started the all together series where they'll share their IPA recipe and, um, proceeds go to benefit a lot of breweries use, you know, the proceeds to benefit their staff to keep people on payroll during a time like this. Um, I think they're leaving a little bit of flexibility for each brewery that participates to do what they think is right. But Sam is, is all together anything that you guys have done or, or given consideration to over at Boomtown? I know in LA Highland Park, no. um, just yesterday dropped its second batch of it. Just, no, you know what? Um, I haven't heard about it, man, but I'm, I'm totally down. Another half kills it, man. Those guys are great. And our homegirl Brie is a brew over there. She's from LA. She crushes it. What up, Brie? So other half is my favorite brewery on the, on the East Coast, uh, Cloudburst West Coast. It's the old brewer from Elysian who started, um, the, uh, Cloudburst. He was the guy that didn't want to set up a Weiser and was pissed. And now he's just crushing it and making great beers. So if you're in Seattle, hit up Cloudburst. But other half, good peoples. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally interested in that because for Boomtown, it's been a struggle, man. I'm just, I'm picking up contract brews and, you know, that doesn't make much of the brewery, but it gives hours to our brewers. And then, you know, once this federal A got cut, man, it's tough, man. So I'm just trying to, it is, it's a, it's an issue. So look, there were no breweries in LA for a long time. Now there's a bunch of breweries. So who's brewing at the breweries? Do they know anything? So how do you create, you know, skilled brewers? So this is part of our education program that we're doing. This is why I want a Benny Corp. And this is, this is a, a bunch of reasons we're, we're doing what we're doing is, is to build beer in LA and, uh, train people how to make beer and, 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 uh, how to, you know, appreciate what they're doing and have people appreciate what they're doing to, in order to pay them what they need to get paid. So this is a big part of the program we're doing, uh, with this, this, this whole, uh, project. So either way, man, uh, I'm still totally interested. I will reach out to them. 
Cool. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to what you just said and, and I will um, not try to add to it in a way to detract any value from that. So shifting gears over to two other pillars of this podcast, sports and sports betting. I know we've touched on uh. sports a little bit here, but um, what are your guys' favorite sports and favorite teams to follow? Right now, I like uh, L.A. to be up nine and a half plus in the second quarter at, with 54 seconds. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite sports, favorite teams to follow. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to head this up. Uh, my favorite sports is uh, college football. Uh, my next favorite sports is pro football. I grew up playing basketball. I love basketball. Um, I watch all the playoffs, and that's my gig. I love cool. playing golf, too. And watching golf. A lot of LA focus on this podcast, but do you care to reveal your favorite NBA team? Oh, no, no. I'm a Warrior fan. Uh, oh. I'm all Oakland, man. East Bay. So I'm Raiders, Warriors, A's. Uh, but, 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 uh, I, minus the 88 World Series, I got a whole story about that. It was a little, little shocking for me. I, I'm not a Dodger hater at all. I'm really happy for the city with the Dodgers. I can't root. For the Lakers, they're in my division. Um, uh, but, you know, I'm not a Sharks fan, so I'm a Kings fan. <laughs> there you go. That's been pretty rewarding recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's been easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm a Bears fan. Go Bears. Ooh, yeah. They, they squeaked into the playoffs. We'll see how long they last. It'll be an interesting one at the Superdome tomorrow. Oh, no, no, no. no. I mean, like, Cal Bears. Sorry. Oh, okay, cool. There we go. So, oh, Chicago <laughs> coming into the mix. That's an interesting one. I was like, you squeaked in the playoff? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the national Sorry, championship game on Monday, the, the college football playoff, it's Alabama against Cal, if people haven't heard. By the time they're well, listening, we'll know the result. But Sorry to switch gears, but I do have a story is that uh, I've been to uh, the last six – no, I'm sorry. I've been to like eight of the last uh, – eight of the last nine um, – Rose Bowl games, and one day before I die, hopefully Cal is playing in that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bleep that out if you need to, but please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always there, no matter who's playing, man. So I do enjoy that. I go to bed early at night. I go to bed like at 9, and I get up at fucking 5, and I'm out there, man. So one day, I know USC is like, oh, I'll go next year. Whatever, dude. I like it. Yeah, well, I think that's, you know, part of the show is just looking for edges in any walk of life. And um, there's, there's something to be said for going to go to bed early on New Year's Eve and beat the crowd on New Year's Day and have your way. Sometimes, you know, whether it's drinking a beer, getting in a good workout, you know, partying on New Year's Day can can ah. much of the time be better than the whole New Year's Eve ordeal. I mean, it's, it's more predictable, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Low variance is good for betting and uh, sometimes good for your New Year's mm. plans. Mm. So, yeah. so sorry, I got sidetracked. What's, what's the deal, man? All good. Craig, what are your uh, favorite sports, favorite teams to follow? I mean, honestly, so I'm born and raised in L.A. My parents were born and raised in L.A. Um, my favorite sport far and above all, beyond all others is professional basketball. Uh, I'm a Lakers fan through and through. Uh, Clippers who I don't I don't even know who they are. Um and um, funnily enough, uh, following up after that is I have mad love for uh, professional soccer. Um, and here, uh, LAFC is, 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 is really 
um, I think personified um, the spirit in which uh, pro sports should uh, approach the world and um, really been excited. Uh, anytime I've had an opportunity to attend games there, uh, it's just really been an amazing experience. And so um, I, would, I would say that's, that, that's my number two, you know. Yeah, I have heard so many good things about the environment there and, and had plans to check it out. Um, I guess this would have been about this time last year. I was hoping to get that higher on the radar and then sporting events have kind of taken a backseat in terms of having the opportunity to go to them. But once things get rolling again, uh, yeah, LAFC have, have only heard good things and can't wait to check that out and get some firsthand experience there. So, um, all right, one more, one more sports question we'll go with here. NFL playoffs underway this weekend. I know we'll be moving on to the divisional round by the time people hear this episode, but if you had to pick a Super Bowl matchup and the winner, what would you go with right now? For who's going to be there? Who's going to be in it and who's going to win it? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go – I mean, I'm watching LA winning right now, so they're up 10 and a half times, so I'm cheating. But I want LA – So not the Seahawks. <laughs> No, I don't think. Yeah, no, no, sorry. I'm going. Uh, I'm going. Uh, Rams. Uh, Rams. Chiefs. Unfortunately, I'm not a Raider fan. I'm not a Chiefs fan at all. But uh, I think it's gonna be Rams. Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs win it again. <clears throat> also, <clears throat> Monday is the uh, college championship. This will be over by then. But let's see how we all look. Uh, yeah. I'm saying uh, Bama by 17. That wouldn't be a surprise. I was watching Ohio State just go to work on Clemson, and yeah. something about it just didn't seem applicable to the yeah. Alabama game. Early line opened, and I didn't act on it, and it got out of hand. So I, I don't know if it's bettable now. Again, we're talking a couple of days before the game, but anything much north of a touchdown is going to be hard to touch fading the Buckeyes. But if, if Bama rolls, then I don't think that's going to be much of a surprise to anybody. If you got a hundred, put seventy-five on the line, and then get your extra seventeen spread, and make some extra money, man, it's gonna—they're gonna crush them. Yeah. You see me laugh at me when you I lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is quite possible you won't. Um, ah. Doug, any thoughts on the uh, Super Bowl matchup and who you think's gonna take it home? Uh, so I, I'll answer this three ways. Ideally, Sam just hit it. I, I would love to see Rams Chiefs. I, I think that would be amazing. Um, my upset pick is I, I just really like Baltimore. Um, so, you know, would love to see anyone face Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Um, and, um, you know, I, I've never liked the guy. I used to be a Raider. I'm an ex Raiders fan. Uh, so, uh, but I, I do like, I, I, I do like this second act from Tom Brady, you know, and, uh, would love to see him. Oh. Get back in the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean I want him to win, but I'm just saying, like, I, I do love. I, I'm a sucker for second acts. Let's just put it that way. Hey, uh, by the way, these aren't company policies. Just so you know, just <laughs> <laughs> not going to find this. But in, you know, uh, I'm, I'm 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 the tuck you know, that, that that's you know, your Raiders fans truly still. But uh, you know, so I, so the snow job, you mean? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, a little. It'll be interesting if the Bucks can end up getting there because Brady would have a home game in that sense with the Super Bowl being in Tampa this year. So I think True. that would be a first. Um, not not a given it'll happen, but yeah, quite possible. And I, I like your look on Baltimore. I selfishly hope you're right because um, the only 
point spread I bet this weekend. Again, when people hear this, they'll know how smart or foolish I sound right now. <laughs> uh, Baltimore minus three and a half. Found it at even money, so I thought that was a little better than the heavy juice on the minus three. Um, I, I hope they can win by more than a field goal. But, yeah, yeah they're, they're clicking on all cylinders right now. And uh, if we get Ravens-Chiefs in the divisional rounds, I think that'll be kind of the treat that we were almost robbed of, in a sense, last season when that was the AFC title game everybody was looking forward to. I agree. I agree with that. So cool. Well, I'll, I'll be boring with my pick. I think the, the one seat has never been more important because now that's the only team to get a buy. So I'm, I'm going to go Packers chiefs. Um, there, there are so many possibilities. There's such a cluster at the top. If we see, um, Buffalo or the saints or the Ravens or the bucks, um, who knows, we might see something totally out of left field, but I'll, I'll go chiefs over Packers. And hey, so, Aaron Rodgers, birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So he's probably going to. Rodgers is going to get the MVP award the night before the game, and then Mahomes is going to get the Super Bowl MVP award the next day. Uh, uh. So, all right, well, there's there's a lot to look forward to, not just with the football playoffs, but with everything you guys are doing with PRSC. I want to thank both of you for your time, for your commitment to thank making you. good beer, and also to your community. I cannot wait to check out PRSC when the space is open. Um, if you're listening to this and you can't get excited about not only the beer and the other beverage offerings and the whole environment there, but also the cause, knowing what you're going to be supporting. Um, you know, I, I think that that's just abundantly clear that this is something to really look forward to, hopefully down the back half of the year. And Matt, can I just say something to your audience? You know, you hear it on every podcast, but it's really important that uh, you give props and hops a five-star rating on whatever device you're using to listen to this podcast because you know that that allows him to continue doing this and uh featuring guests like us so we really want to thank you um for allowing us to be on here and if you're out there listening no matter where you're listening to this podcast on please make sure you support uh matt and props and hops so uh thank you again for having thank you so much Wow. Thank you so much, Rick. I've never even mentioned that to tag a show. Um, you, you said it better than I could have myself. So thank you. You guys are a blast. Uh, you make great beer and, and you're setting up a great spot in South Central. Cannot wait to get out there. So thanks again. And uh, really looking forward to getting out there this fall. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Goodbye. All right. Thanks again to Craig and Sam. And if you're in Southern California and listening within a few days of this episode's release on January 12th, you can pre-order Catalyst at prscbrand.com for pickup in South Los Angeles during MLK weekend. And if you're listening after the pre-order window closes, that's no problem. Follow PRSC on Instagram at prscbeer to stay posted on how you can get your hands on Catalyst. And that'll do it for this episode. If you found any value in this conversation, please share it with a friend who could benefit as well. I'll be back at it Friday for the NFL Divisional Round Breakdown. Until then, let's bet well, let's drink well, and let's be well. (laughs) 